0: to the WMKT Week in Review. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the WMKT Special Edition Interview. Today, as you have seen, I am joined by Ben Slocum, co-founder, co-owner of Beards Brewery. We talked a bit about them celebrating their 10th anniversary. They opened in 2012, and they're making a couple of uh, changes to the store and some changes to one of the names of the beer. And then most importantly, we talked about how they survived the pandemic and just kind of future plans, um, both from an economic point and just kind of from a creative point as well. Great interview, hope you enjoy. So Beards opened back up in uh, opened up in 2012. Uh, you're celebrating your 10th year anniversary. So congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Want to tell us how you guys are celebrating?
1: So for 10 years, you know, we're looking back at a lot of milestones. Uh, our original pub, we kind of want to do a throwback to that, so we're actually going to be opening up the Beards Root Cellar uh, in the next couple weeks, which is in the basement of our current pub. You enter off Lake, uh, off of uh, Bay Street, and it's got that uh, chill vibe that we kind of had at our first location. It's a little more upscale, a little more uh, mature as we've grown as people over the last 10 years, uh, but it's, it's back to that intimate beer bar where the focus is on the drink and socialization, um, so that's going to be great. Uh, We also have a concert coming up on the 20th of August, which is our our anniversary weekend. Uh, We're doing that in two different components. One, uh, downtown Petoskey's hosting the uh, summer send-off event, and we're sponsoring the Michigan Rattlers, who are going to be playing behind beards on Bay Street, shut down so people can have a party in the street. Uh, And with the social district, they can grab a cocktail from like Pallet Bistro or Duffy's, or they can grab a beer from us and enjoy a concert in the street which i think will be a, a cool event and then we're going to have a uh ticketed show later that evening inside the pub uh with the rattlers again they're going to be playing you know different different set lists in both locations so it'll be a fun unique experience it'll be a little more intimate i think we have 250 seats total uh we're going to have charlie millard band as well with that and uh we actually just worked with the michigan rattlers to make a uh four on the floor lager for them so i you know uh, Traditional classic American lager that goes great with, you know, rock shows.
0: Very nice. So yeah, you know, that was one of my questions actually about the the Beard's Root Cellar. But, you know, so you said it was intimate. It was uh, it's made for socialization. You know, focus on the drink, and that's what you guys started out as. So was a restaurant portion of, of your business always part of the plan? Is it something that you grew into? Why did why did you make that move?
1: So we always had the intention of doing a restaurant. I grew up working in in restaurants, and I always loved that aspect of it. So when it was time to move to the new location, we'd outgrown our first space. We knew that was going to be critical. And our plan was initially to do what we're doing with the root cellar several years ago. But, you know, COVID happened and and a lot of things got bumped back and changed uh, and had to be fluid over the last few years. It would have been wonderful to have that open. But uh, it's getting back to the roots that we always intended to have. Uh, so it's going to be about 50 seats total, uh, a couple little uh, booth areas, uh, lots of bar stools, uh, which we've actually never had a big bar. Our first location only had four or five seats. Our current one only has eight. Uh, so this is actually a good, good sized bar, but then also a little more intimate areas uh, for socialization with small groups. Uh, actually, first time ever, we're going to have a little private room uh, that people can just reserve, you know, ask, hey, can we have this room this night for a small group? Uh, should be able to host about 10 people in there, but I know we've got a group that comes in every Wednesday night for board games, uh, and you know that would be a fantastic space for them. So we always kind of had that in mind. Um, so yeah, I mean the food service was something we always wanted to do. It kind of pulled us away from our core focus for a little bit, and then unfortunately sure. got stuck in there a little bit longer <laughs> than we intended. Uh, but we're getting back to back to our roots. That's
0: right. So th- that root cellar is that going to be a permanent thing? Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, I,
1: build out is coming along wonderfully i believe we've got our health inspection in about two hours oh nice um nice. so we should be good to go i mean it's it's gonna be a, a you know a great new component for us and as i said entrance off of you know different entrance it'll be off bay street uh really set it apart and really make it so it's it's got a different vibe
0: that's exciting so i also saw that you're going to be renaming one of your classic beers What what's behind these what's the choice behind these <laughs> names
1: um, so as breweries have exploded, we've found some run in with other breweries that, that have similar names. So we wanted to differentiate a little bit, uh, that, you know, that was one component. Another is just rebranding ourselves, making sure people know that, you know, we're the hometown brewery, you know, we're born raised Petoskey. We're the oldest, longest operating brewery in Petoskey. Um, and you know, we just always are community oriented and focused on it. So, uh, it's just part of this big, broad scope approach to, to really showing who we are.
0: Sure. so beers partners with local nonprofits charities to donate their time and money um, how do you guys go about doing that
1: so with our community outreach program we've we've always worked with different nonprofit partners but we really wanted to make it intentional uh, that way it wasn't kind of a scattershot approach but we could really dig down and, and make an impact so we break the year into four quarters and each quarter uh, minus summer because it's too hectic uh, we focus in on a theme uh, And we allow the team to vote on what that theme is going to be. And then we pick a community partner within that theme. Uh, So quarter one was uh, community development. And we know housing is a critical major issue here. So we actually had three partners, uh, Sunrise Rotary, Habitat for Humanity, and Nehemiah House. So we could focus on acute homelessness and chronic housing issues in the area. Uh, Quarter two right now is the Watershed Council. And we're, we're focusing on you know, water quality and stream quality in northern Michigan because, I mean, that's what makes this area so unique and special. Uh, quarter three, while we're pulling back from working with a, uh, 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 directly with a partner, uh, we are going to be still doing our community outreach tap. And we're going to be raising funds for the uh, Gaylord recovery effort because that's, e- even though it's now a month in the past, it's still many years. Still, they're going to be back up on their feet. And then quarter four, we're going to loop back again w- directly with a nonprofit and each quarter we raise funds with the community outreach tap so a portion of those proceeds from that beer will go to that organization uh, but then we also have volunteer opportunities for our team to go out into the field and work directly with the uh the organizations and we pay them up to eight hours of pay per year to do volunteer effort and then if they choose to donate that pay back to the organization we then match it dollar for dollar so Uh, We hope to then get, you know, boots on the ground, make an impact through our team, let them understand, you know, the specialness of this region a little more than just just a job, but more of a career and a broad spec uh, approach approach and then funding. And then we do a lot of marketing and and advertising and talk about our community partners.
0: Sure. So as an employer, what? when you have that, how does that, how do you see your employees impacted by that? It does, it seem to give them like, you know, more of a fulfilling sense in their job. Like you said, and, like, it's not just a job, it's kind of a career.
1: Yeah. I, I think it it's really honing in on developing the right team. I mean, frankly, COVID constraints are, are hurting us all. We've got the smallest team we've had ever uh, since, since our first space, but the smallest team ever at the restaurant, but it's the best team we've ever had. It's people that truly care. It's, you know, the, the restaurant industry i think has this notorious reputa- reputation for churn and burn and what we find is we're attracting people who who are looking <clears throat> looking for a little bit more you know not just showing up getting a paycheck and taking off you know they, they want a little bit more fulfillment and that's what we're hoping to be able to achieve uh and then when it comes to the partners uh you know we've donated i think all but four hours back to the community partners so far and that i think made a good financial impact it made for the organizations it also made an impact on the team letting them know like they cared enough about something to put their time into it and then put their money into it and then we backed them up on that um, but also some of our teammates have continued to work with these organizations since mm. since we've moved on to the next theme in the next quarter
0: sure so someone who's built a successful restaurant brewery business that's a staple of the communities what are some of the pros and cons in your opinion to operate a small business?
1: Ooh. Um, I mean, there's a, a lot of pros are working intimately with your team, getting to know your, 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 your guests, your customers um, being involved in the community. Um, you know, the, one of the special things about Petoskey is it's small enough that you can, you can be involved if you want. So I'm a firefighter for the city. I'm an EMT for the County. Um, you know, I like to be involved in that aspect. I'm on like, four or five boards and committees sure. you know, help steer the community. And I think as a small, small business in a small community, you have those opportunities. Uh, some of the difficult things are competing with the big guys. How people come in and say, well, I can get this for, you know, $3 less at this right. chain restaurant. And it's like, yeah, I understand that. But those are major national chains that have, you know, big logistics programs and, and long contracts. So like chicken wings, we had to take them off the menu because the price exploded. Sure. People were like, Oh, I can go down the street and get those. I said, yeah, but, Keep in mind, your dollars are leaving the community. Right. And that's unfortunately a perception we'll always have to have to have a little battle with.
0: So between the pandemic and staffing shortages, your business has continued to hold up. How have you managed to weather the storm when some businesses have been either severely damaged or some have even gone out of business?
1: It's been very, very challenging. And I actually... Truly think the worst is still to come. I think we are looking at some bad indicators of the future. Um, the reality for us was taking, I think, a bit of a different approach than some others. Uh, instead of pushing our team harder and harder and harder, we've pulled back. We're only open four days a week last summer and this summer. I wish it could be more. Uh, you know, I get people upset. You know, oh, don't you want to make money? Don't, don't you <laughs> want to serve the guests? Well, of course. I mean, trying to make a profit in the business so I can make a living. Right. But the reality is, I don't want to burn my team out. If we can get by, I. I don't need to push everybody to the brink to, to be able to make the next paycheck. I mean, we've never missed a bill or a paycheck since we've been a company and that's my intention to continue to do so. Um, for us, it was just try to really focus on simplifying and streamlining, you know, it was some hard choices, cut the menu down dramatically, did have to raise some prices because of uh, cost. And that was, we, we eliminated menu items we'd had to skyrocket the cost on and we, we, Focused in on some that we didn't have such a brutal impact. Sure, uh, streamline the service. The QR code ordering was not the most fun last summer, but it's what we kind of had to do. Uh, Embrace some more technology, and just trying to look in a different different way.
0: Sure. So you said the the worst might be you know be yet to come. How does how does one prepare then? Because as we just mentioned, the pandemic. You know, that was something that just kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But as someone who, like, you might foresee a problem in the future, whether that, you know, be an economic situation that the country might be facing soon, how does one prepare for that?
1: Um, so I've always been a fan of uh, counter cyclical fiscal policy. Essentially, when times are good, save that way when times are bad, you have reserves. Uh, you know, that's the very quick way to describe that. Um, but looking at what's coming up ahead, basically it's, it's being conscious about where we're putting our dollars and how we're putting them uh, and other resources, you know, people and time. Um, you know, we probably could push five, six days a week right now, but in two weeks and July 4th, it's going to be too, too hard to do that. So let's start smoothing out the system a little bit earlier. Um, it's trying to focus on the core, the basics, be who we are, really try to to inf- reinforce in the community what we do and, and how we do it, and and I don't know, just be true to ourselves and make sure we're not being uh, foolhardy as things come in.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, so any advice for young entrepreneurs looking to start their own business?
1: Um, I mean, my experience is mostly in the Petoskey region. I did have a service business that I traveled a lot for prior, but I, I think the big thing is you've got to put in the time and energy. Um, you know, I'll get comments once in a while. Oh, you got lucky to where you're to get where you're at. And, and I don't think that's necessarily untrue. I think that luck's always a component of it. Uh, but the founder of the uh, Olsen's grocery stores had a saying, and I'm, I'm going to butcher the quote, I'm sure. sure. But he said uh, he truly has been lucky, but he found the harder he worked, the luckier he got. Mm. I think if you are really willing to put your nose to the grindstone and, and, and make sacrifices for a bigger picture, then luck finds you. People basically see what you're doing and understand it and are willing to put investment behind you, whether it's a little bit of dollars or emotional investment or as a guest or as a patron. You know, I think that that's very important. Um, success doesn't come immediately. And I think social media sometimes uh, catches us all in this trap and it catches me too, where you see all these people having success and you wonder how you can get there but people are not posting the story about being at work 80 hours a week for a year. Right. They're posting, hey, look at this, I got a new car. Hey, look right. at this, I'm off to this adventure. Um, you know, the work is important to get to those steps.
0: So you mentioned that you were the first brewery in Petoskey's mm-hmm. region. So. Well,
1: first first current. There was some pre-prohibition. pre Okay. Pre- prohibition. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we're 100 years in the past. There okay, sh- sure,
0: sure. So, you know, since then, there has been a heavy influx of Mm -hmm. breweries and wineries in the area and they seem to all be doing fairly well for a small community particularly Mm -hmm. how do you think the community is able to support that like what is the um like that cultural contain i don't don't know exactly the term i'm looking for (laughs) but like they seem to be doing very well in a very small area but a a large quantity of breweries and wineries
1: so i i think there's a few different approaches to it uh the when it comes to breweries, there's, I think, truly only two breweries in the region. Myself and Petoskey Brewing. Um, you know, we focus on the beer. We do have some some ancillary products we can serve. You know, we have ciders. Sure. Um, when it comes to the wineries, some of them also have beer. Uh, Rubeckia Winery, Mackinac Trail. Um, the the wonderful thing about it is really we've just got such a fantastic area as a destination that that can bring in some influx of of customers and cash in the summer. Uh, when it comes to the winter, I think we're just really focusing on our locals, you know. A, as a broad industry, uh, Petoskey Farm and Vineyards, Tracy and Andy Roush, fantastic people. You know, they've developed a great program out there where, you know, you can swing out, have a glass of wine on the porch, overlook Bear Creek Organics, another fantastic local business you can then visit while you're out that way. Sure. Uh, you know, I think we're we're all just showing down to a core that ultimately, if we build something great for ourselves and our community then people from outside of the area are going to want to come to it as well Sure, we're not disney world we're not disneyland where people come Mm -hmm. in just just to experience this veneer of of small town america you know we really are a tight-knit community and i work with most of the other wineries and breweries in the region you know keg keg buys cost splitting on big purchases um things like that and and i think our our community recognizes that that you know we are local and we care
0: sure you know you've you mentioned it that you know and we get the large influx of uh, tourists during the summer and um, this is almost just kind of a question that I have that <laughs> um, that some listeners might be interested in as well but you know, I was, I've worked for a variety of uh, companies around here that are you know either in hospitality or um, that you gotta like make hay when the Sun shines you know and the tourists are up here but how, we are in a very unique situation where, you know, we do have that large influx of tourists that there is, you know, plenty of other cities across the nation that are like that. But it's not the it's not like, you know, the the most common thing. Mm-hmm. So how is from a business aspect, does that how do you, how do you handle that situation where you get a large portion of your business in a three, four month span um, and not so much? Do you like take it from a of coasting? Or are you always pushing? Or are you doing renovations during the, the <laughs> off? How does how does that work out for you?
1: It's it's very challenging. Uh, you know, before we ever had the business, Peter and I were both born and raised here. We we understood how cyclical things can be in the community. Sure. And I've had plenty of people over the years tell me I was going out of business because they. Moved from downstate, opened up their little shop, their little restaurant, whatever it was, and would say, "Oh, you're, you know, working too hard in the summer. You got to take some time to enjoy." And then in the winter, uh, they were wondering how they were going to get by. Mm. And I think the reality was understanding that that seasonal flux is pretty important. Um, second, it's it just goes back to putting the nose to the grindstone in the summer, but scaling back operations so we don't burn out our team. I mean, realistically, I could use eighty employees in the summer but I won't have that hours for everybody in the winter. So instead of pushing as hard as possible and burning people out for six, seven days a week in the summer, why not do four? I'm still going to, we're still going to bring in more income than we did in the winter. So as long as I'm making my bills, it it should be okay. You know, it's a different approach and it's really tough. Everybody's business plan is going to be different. And I think up here, pretty much everybody's seasonal, whether you focus on the summer or the winter or the fall. Um, But all of our businesses are, you know, you just got to, really, I think, understand what the community does and where you fit within there and how to make that work for what you're trying to accomplish.
0: Sure. So a little bit about yourself. Um, you've mentioned uh, that you're an EMT. Uh, you serve in local government boards and committees, clearly have a passion for serving your community. Why is that?
1: So I graduated from Petoskey High School in 2002. Uh, actually, 20-year reunions coming up in a few days. Oh, my. <laughs> um, which is an interesting thought. Um But this was the community I was born and raised in, and I did a lot of traveling. I was actually involved in motorsports for quite some time, and I've traveled all over the U.S. and pretty much the world. I've done a lot of North, South America, uh, Europe, a little bit of Asia, and there were a lot of wonderful places I could visit, a lot of places that were fantastic and amazing and different from home, but they were different from home. They weren't home. This is Mm. the place that really, I think, had something special, where when I came back, uh, it really... And when I came back, I don't mean like after a five-year hiatus. I mean, I was coming back every month. Sure. And you know my base of operations was still here. But every time I came home, when I crested 131 and saw the bay, it was a special feeling. Right. So when Peter and I met here at North Central, which is local community college, mm-hmm. and we started talking about projects and working together on various projects, uh, we both went off to college. I went to Northern in Marquette. He went out to uh, Santa Barbara, California, and we both wanted to come back to petoskey it was just there's something here that holds us so when we opened the business which was kind of our way of being grounded up here um, we both thought how do we get more and more connected and just being a small town and and interacting with others there was a need for firefighters in the fire department and they asked if i'd be interested in joining And i thought never thought about it for sure so i went through those classes and started up on that route and then as the business got more developed and we started being pro, uh, proactive in the community. Then I was approached by downtown the, the mayor at the time for serving on the downtown management board. Uh, and since then I've, the rest of the board has seen fit to elect me chair multiple times now. So I think that was uh, validation of, of our efforts of being involved. Uh, I'm on the chamber of commerce board. They, I think uh, they recognize that we're trying to be proactive and, and help the community. And then Got my EMT license as part of the firefighter. And uh, when COVID, I I worked with Emmett County for about 12 hours a week just to keep my license active and have a little fun. It was kind of like my version of bowling league. Uh, And then COVID hit and there was a deep, deep emergent need for more help there. Mm. Uh, So the first year of COVID, even with the business, and all the challenges there, I averaged about thirty hours a week that year. Oh wow. And COVID didn't even kick off until March. Right. Um, so it was like, what is the emergent need in our community? And now that um we're kind of moving into a new phase of the pandemic, I'm stepping back from EMS to a large degree. But then it became intentional, how do we make the community program effective from the brewery side? Sure. And I mean, right now the housing I think is the most critical issue here. How many folks born and raised in the area can't afford to be here anymore? Mm-hmm. And that's where our current focus is for the, as much as I can be. So I'm trying to help out with various groups and, and being a, a, a vocal proponent for housing policy changes. So I, this
0: kind of ties everything back together. You know, you some people say that you got lucky. You said it's a combination, a little bit of luck. The harder you work, you know, that hard work can play into the, the luck a little bit. It's a lot of hard work, tiny bit of luck. But do you think that the business's success um, has anything to do with you and Peter's deep passion for Petoskey, that if you transplanted the business somewhere else, that it may not have done as well, just because you guys have such a you know a deep passion for the area. Oh, the absolutely.
1: If, if we went somewhere else and started it, I don't think we'd be anywhere near as successful because we wouldn't know that community. Mm. You know, we started off the brewery with uh, what was left of my student loans. Uh, Peter had a little bit of cash because he finished college one year earlier than me and had been working. Uh, we got very small investment from uh, some some friends and family i'm talking like small five-figure investment and uh we got a, a small loan and lots and lots of credit card debt but we kind of knew the community so we went in into it and pushed hard i think the other component of it is our team i mean realistically i'm not the best cook i'm not the best brewer i'm not the best uh manager on the team that i've got people better than me in those roles and i think that's important too is recognize you know, the capability of those working with you and, and making sure that, um, you know, I, I, you give them the ability and the space to kind of run with their area of expertise and the area of their passion. Uh, but no, I think realistically, if we weren't in Petoskey, it wouldn't wouldn't be as great.
0: Sure. Any future plans for the brewery um, that you can clue us in on?
1: Um, right now, survival. And I don't want that to sound <laughs> negative. I mean, I think sure. really we are looking at some, some tough times coming up uh, ahead of us. Um, but we're going to get through the next year, make sure that we get the root cellar down to what it is, You know, really make sure that we highlight that that's special in its own way. Let the restaurant upstairs be the best restaurant it can be. Let the uh, beer bar downstairs be the best beer bar it can be. Uh, We're kind of bumping up on some space constraints at our Charlevoix production facility. Uh, So kind of looking maybe for the next step over there. Um, Ultimately, I think we just want to get deeper into the Petoskey market. You know, I'd love for every restaurant in, in town to have us on tap and, and have, have uh, cans available, you know, because we're hometown as well. We're not right. trying to compete with others. We want to work together and, and make this community stronger uh, and, and just really grow and, and become you know, the next mature step of the business, you know, after what is it, 80% of businesses don't make it out of five years, 80% mm-hmm. of those don't make it out of 10, right? So I'm looking at a diminishing minority of, of uh, businesses that have been around as long as we are,
0: so. right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate it.
1: Not a problem at all. Thank you for having me. Of course.